You're listening to the Yoga Magic Podcast with host Ashley Sondergaard. Do you remember that first time you took a yoga class? Lying in Shavasana thinking, what is this magic? For me, yoga opened the door to a life full of self-discovery and self-care. This show shines a light on what is possible when you invest in your well-being. And not only for you, but for everyone around you. I interview women in the space of healing, spirituality, beauty, wellness, and of course, yoga. This community of listeners is excited to expand their minds, open new doors, be honest, and sometimes take a big old handstand fall on the way. My hope is that this show gifts you a library of accessible new practices that fill up your soul and open your mind. Not all will be perfect for you, but that's the best part. Trying it on and finding your personal favorites. This is Yoga Magic. Thanks for listening. Hello and welcome, friends. This is the Yoga Magic Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Sondergaard. I'm so glad you're here. On this show, we talk about all things self-care, just self-discovery, and hopefully, hopefully, you're finding practices that you like, that you enjoy. If you are just looking for inspiration into how to nurture yourself, we got a hundred episodes now, everybody, a hundred episodes with different self-care practices. I'm so excited. I can't believe we got here. This is amazing. And I say we, and it's really just me sitting in a room by myself (laughs) talking to amazing healers and people that know self-care. So thank you for those of you that have been listening since the beginning. I'm so, so grateful. Today's guest is really unique, really, um, eye-opening. I'm so glad that we had the chance to connect. Um, And what we're talking about today is the idea of the voice and that connection to ourselves, to spirituality, in a number of different ways using the voice. Um, Our guest today is Kirbanu, and she is a musician. She's a yoga teacher. She's a healer. She has many years of experience using her voice in a variety of different ways. Let me just tell you a little bit more about her. Kirbano is an Australian-born, German-based mantra musician. She's a voice empowerment coach and a yoga teacher. And her qualifications are in science, life coaching, and yoga, along with 15 years of experience as a professional singer and musician. Her unique body of work uses sound, therapeutic techniques, and the voice as tools for transformation and profound healing. We'll talk about a number of these different healing um, modalities and ways that she uses the voice. But it's such perfect timing to be talking to Kibanu about this. Um, I think a lot of us are, I guess I'm, I shouldn't speak for everybody. I'm noticing that I use my voice, I use my language differently in different places and with different people than I would with somebody else. So for example, you know, when I'm talking to all of you, I feel so grounded and I love to doing this work and I feel like it is easier for me to speak my truth but at times you know with people that I I maybe know well that potentially don't think the same as me I hold back and I guess that's okay right we can have these different versions of who we are and what our message and what our truth is but really finding our authentic voice so that we can stay to that truth as often as possible it's it's a journey right and it's not only just speaking your truth, but it's also, you know, how you deliver your your message, you know, what your voice actually sounds like. We talk about mantras today and that use of singing and that connection to spirituality and to our higher self. So this is a very layered conversation today and, and just something that's so cool about any sound work, mantra work, any voice work is that, you know, we can really do it at home in the comfort of our home with our own voices. Um, if you're not a singer and you're not something you want to do, then definitely check out Kirbanu's music on Spotify and, and nurture yourself in that way. So we'll talk about all these different areas that Kirbana works in. She's a yoga teacher, so she gets this. She understands how this connects and really how you know yoga brings us to these, these deeper layers. Friends, if you are someone who gets overwhelmed with self-care or just frankly doesn't have a lot of time to waste trying out different practices that you know, they just aren't filling you up. There is a major life hack for this. And if you've listened to this podcast for some time, you know that I love to use astrology to really pinpoint what 
type of self-care works best for you and you can save yourself some time. So if you want to learn more about that, make sure you're on my newsletter. You can sign up for that newsletter in the show notes. And when you do, you'll get a free guide to your morning routine for your astrological sign. So I break down each sign, give you specific practices for each sign. You can try those on first, give you a little speed round into what might feel the best. And if you're on that newsletter, you're also going to hear about our events coming up got a number of events, some of them in person, some of them online. The next event is on July 22nd. This is in person. If you are in the Twin Cities, we're meeting in my backyard for some cosmic yoga. We'll talk about what's happening in the sky. We'll move through all of that energy within our bodies, and then we'll finish with clean wine tasting. I'm co-hosting this with the ladies from the podcast, The Art of Living Well, Stephanie and Marnie, and it's going to be so fun. We're going to have some of our past show guests. We'll have a number of giveaways from show sponsors. Again, yoga, clean wine tasting, so much fun. July 22nd. All that info in the sign up link is in the show notes. And if you're not in the Twin Cities, I'm hosting a number of workshops online on the platform Learn It Live, um, which is a really cool platform for a number of different classes. Some of them are free, some of them are like $10, so really affordable and give you the opportunity to learn more about cosmic yoga, self care, all of the cool things. And one final thing before we get to our conversation with Kirbanu, a big shout out to our show sponsor, Aloha. Aloha is my favorite plant-based protein. I drink it every day. I put it in my coffee. It's like the best snack ever. And Yoga Magic listeners get 15% off their order when they use the code yogamagic at aloha.com. All right, let's get to our conversation with Kirbanu. Well, I am sitting down today with Kirbanu to talk about a lot of things that I have been so excited to just like, I don't know, pick someone's brain in the, in the space of music, mantras, using the voice. It's going to be so fun. Thanks for being here. I appreciate it. You're so welcome. Thanks so much for having me. Will you tell listeners just a little about who you are and really your journey to where you are today, the work that you do? Yeah, I always find that really hard to wrap up into a sentence because it's quite the journey. <laughs> I know, I know. Basically, I'm an Australian uh, mantra musician, voice coach, um, and yoga teacher based in Germany. Um, my journey to what I'm doing now, being self-employed, having my own business, online courses, online coaching, uh, concerts, and all of this was a very long, winding road. Um, I started out actually studying science. I have a master's in science, which is something that few people know about me. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. And then I was, after I finished that, I realized I wanted to be a full-time musician. So I taught myself guitar and started traveling around the world and living in different countries for a few years. And yeah, that just kind of unfolded and developed and met a beautiful German man and ended up in Germany 12 years ago. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, you know, for kind of I guess for a good six years, most of my work was just um, living and touring as an independent musician. Um, I was doing like 100, 220 concerts a year. Wow. Pretty much by myself, sometimes with the band at festivals, but a lot of it just uh, really the hustle is real. Um, And then as I got a bit older, matured a little bit, um, I kind of at the end of what was it? I think 2017, just before my third album came out, I kind of sat back and reflected on what direction do I want my life to go in for the next 20 years because the last time has been amazing I've achieved my goals of living from my own music um Mm. it's been incredible but damn it has been a lot of energy I kept feeling like I was pushing my head against a wall and having to fight 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 and as I matured I just realized maybe it doesn't need to be like this and there would be a space where I can offer music, but also offer coaching and and voice work because I know how empowering it's been for me in my own journey to unlock my voice and to really access its complete potential as a tool for expression and healing. Um, Maybe I can be of service in this space too. And, you know, I've been doing yoga for a while, for 21 years um, and meditating for 25. It's a part of my own journey. I lived in spiritual community uh, in the States for two and a half years. Um, So I have quite the foundation in self-exploration and and personal development, I would say. Um, So it became kind of a natural conclusion to me to, hey, let's see what happens if I would push this, this music or what I offer into the yoga space. And 
that was really interesting because the universe just kind of opened the door then. Mm. And all of a sudden, out of the blue, I got like invites to Lululemon events um, to be a musician back in Australia, to team up with yogis and offer music during classes, to create yin yoga and music events, um, sound baths, all of this kind of thing. And it was like really interesting because it was without any effort. And after having this massive push of like six to eight years behind me of really, as I said, head against the wall, it was like without effort, the door just opened. And yeah, so because of this, I decided to really pursue it. And then I started creating mantra music. I've been singing mantras for 20 years myself, but it was a really personal practice. Um, And so I, in the middle of 2018, released a mantra single, which for my indie music audience was like, WTF is going on here. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, artist rights, artist privilege. If I change my mind, I can do what I like. I'm an independent artist. Yes. What was really interesting is a whole bunch of them came with me. and, Mm. And that was my point because I wanted to make mantra music available to everyday people by setting mantra into more of a songwriter slash ambient pop space Mm. so that it didn't have to be something that was removed from people I don't want to say it's not removed it's just that I wanted to make let more people access the power of mantra and that's what happened so I had people who've been following me for six years who had you know supported both my crowdfunding campaigns come to my concerts on my email list for years as an indie artist were then hungry for my mantra music and asking me, hey, what is this? I've never heard of this, but I'm listening to this every morning because it gives me energy or I'm listening to it at night because it helps me calm down. And I feel really connected to myself when I listen to this, like what's going on here? That was so interesting. So I started pursuing that. And then I just, you know, started taking what I had learned in individual voice coaching sessions with people for speaking and for singing into workshops and and created like online courses. I have a voice course for yoga teachers that I offer. I teach voice and bhakti on a lot of different yoga teacher training programs across the world. Um, Yeah, mantra workshops, online courses for mantras, uh, self-expression. So it just kind of exploded. Yes. (laughs) Basically, and all in this space of finally feeling like my body of work was coming home to who I am. Mm -hmm. And that I can't, I can't, I guess I can't say how incredible that felt after this real hustle of like years of trying to make it work, trying to make it work. Mm -hmm. Suddenly I felt like I could be myself and I was being myself and um, everything that I offered was feeding itself. Like the mantra, the music feeds the courses, feeds the coaching. It's just, and the community, like I'm so connected to incredible people around the world. So yeah, I feel very happy. Mm. That was a really long answer to your question. I told you it would be. (laughs) And I obviously love hearing you just share information the way you speak. It's up, you know, that's what you do. I'm thinking (laughs) about how different that must be to come from touring, right? Like being in all Mm. these totally foreign spaces and then moving into something like yoga studios how how is that different I feel like they would be so polarizing like was that hard to switch gears was it great it's a great question nobody has ever thought to ask me that question so well done (laughs) um yeah I had to learn kind of like with everything you know um we jump in we do something can we get feedback uh, from our experience or from people telling us And what happened to me is I was, yeah, you know, going into these yoga spaces. And again, I've been practicing yoga for a long time as a, as a, you know, yogi. But I, with my, you know, um, musician hat on, I was going into these spaces um, with this years of conditioning of performing on a stage and performing with a speaker system and all of this. Mm -hmm. So in the, initially I was taking in my speaker system and like, you know, it just, it wasn't that it didn't work, but I wasn't tuning myself into the space and the needs of the space enough. Um, and that kind of took a few months, maybe let's say four months of adjusting for me to really get it. It's like, hey, this is really in service of the yogis on the mat here. This is really not about you as a musician. Whereas at a Yindi concert, it is. You're there as yourself on the stage and you kind of need to step into that space to engage people. Mm-hmm. But in like, 
you know, if I'm playing music for, I've done music for Bikram, for Vinyasa, I do it often for Yin because it works really well in that space. Mm-hmm. You know, then I really need to be super sensitive to where are they and what are their needs? And do they need a bit more dynamic now because they're struggling or are they surrendering at the moment? And I really need to soften and allow them that space. So it also means as a performer controlling my dynamics a lot, like I can't let my voice rip in the way that I would mm-hmm. on a festival stage. Like this is not okay. I no longer take in a speaker system. I play acoustically and I walk around the space and just play the guitar and sing. So then they get kind of the voice coming from different spaces, which is quite lovely. Um, so I really had to adjust myself and it was very much about tuning into their needs and understanding um, that I'm being of service to their experience. Mm, yes, that I'm just thinking like from being, yeah, like in the spotlight <laughs> into really complementing this experience. I've taught a few a few classes with live music and it's always so interesting is it's a, it's a talent to be able to feel the energy of the space and like often I'm kind of like oh wow that's way too loud I like to like mm-hmm. tell them to like bring it down you know but yeah. where you have such a gift in that you you are a yogi and you're you're sensitive enough to feel what's happening and you can you can adjust your your perform not performance in that case but your your complementary you know art you're offering <laughs> I love it <laughs> yeah what's really interesting because I'm also a yoga teacher so um mm-hmm. you know I also sometimes I prefer to collaborate with other teachers because I just think that's a really nice thing to do with people and, mm-hmm. and that's fun but sometimes I run the whole thing myself so I go into different centers and then offer the space like offer the event let's say a two-hour yin yoga and mindful music journey And then it's really interesting because I'm controlling the space and the energy the whole time. So what happens in that is very intense. It's Mm. super powerful because Mm -hmm. they don't get, it's not that another person disturbs, another person just offers a different energy, you know, Mm -hmm. but when I'm holding the whole thing myself, it's like they come through meditation or pranayama into this super fluid, really mindful space. And then my voice like leads from the asana guidance into the song, into stillness at the end, into self-awareness, body movement back in. So it's really like the waves of the ocean kind of thing. Mm -hmm. It's like a vortex. (laughs) Like a vortex. It is. (laughs) Like I'm feeling this. (laughs) Yeah, it's really intense. And people share their experience with me afterwards. Even online, I've had people just tell me like, I cried the whole time. Oh, yeah. Wow, because they're just releasing and they're opening themselves. And, you know, there's just this healing um, going on. And Mm -hmm. that's what is so powerful about this experience and why I feel so blessed that I can be of service, that I get to be of service in this space. Mm -hmm. I want to talk a little about the things that you do as it relates to Mm self-care and how we can really tap into some of these areas. Um, obviously you work a lot with the voice and this is something that I'm sort of selfishly working on as well. So so I'm like so pumped to talk to you about this is that (laughs) finding your voice, whatever that means is a journey. And perhaps we're doing that more now in that self-study work. Can you talk a little bit about the voice and, you know, Mm self-confidence, how these are all interplayed together? I love it. Absolutely. And I don't think it's selfish. I think it's essential. I think it's essential. And I think, unfortunately, in my experience, far too few of us are thinking about what is my voice? What does it mean to have a voice? How do I use my voice? And how can I have an empowered relationship to my voice? And I don't mean for singing at the moment. I mean, open your mouth, let a sound out, speak. You know, this is your instrument for delivering your message for communication. It's how other people perceive you, how they judge you, how they react to you. This is what you're using. It is your tool for self-expression. I get a little bit excited when I talk about this topic. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I can feel the fire coming on. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What I find really interesting is that, and I see, I've I've learned it in myself in my own journey, and I see it with all of my online coaching um, clients. You are your voice. It is not something that happens in your throat. It is not like a little peepee sound that comes out of you. Your voice happens through a chain reaction of events that are formed inside of your body that involve your brain, 
your beliefs, your posture. So your whole body, your mm. posture, right. your breathing system, your articulation system, your vocal cords, you know, it's involving all of it. It involves your emotions, your thoughts. So there is not one part of our body that is not impacting our voice. There's not one part of our emotional, psychological self that is not impacting the voice. And that's why when we turn to, to look at the voice, it is self-work, it is self-care, but it is personal transformation. Like the voice is such a powerful tool for transformation. And I love that because, you know, unlike, I mean, I've had my, my own personal journey with therapy and, and you know, going to, to, to coaches and stuff and learning and healing. But what is so interesting about the voice is that unlike, unlike looking at a belief, we can look at the belief with the vibrations of the voice. We feel the voice inside of us. We have this really visceral experience. And then there is a result of it. You know, we have a sound that comes out and we can orient ourselves towards this. So for me, the voice is really this incredibly powerful tool for, for personal transformation. And yeah, to the idea of confidence, you know, when you learn and when you understand what your voice is and how to experience it in your body and when you turn to look at the beliefs that hold you back because in my mind it is really beliefs that hold us back mm -hmm. stories that we tell ourselves consciously or not when we really look at this with the anchor of love and compassion kindness and patience and self-acceptance and use the vibrations of the voice even to help us then we can change this and then we discover things like confidence where we didn't have any before. You know, I used to be super shy. My third grade teacher was like, hey, that kid doesn't talk to people. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. And, and now I, you know, I, talking is what I do. Singing is what I do. So there was really a bit of a transformation in that story. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So when you say, thinking about like this development, right, this, this self-development piece of your voice, is mm -hmm. that... Is that the, like the volume? Is that what comes, the words that are coming out? Is it your message? Is, I, I imagine it's all of these things, but how, how does one find and develop their voice? Yeah. So I see the voice as these two things. Um, one part is the mechanics of what is it and how does it work? And by this, it's kind of like an asana you know, how do I do a downward dog? Well, I need to be aware of my hands, my feet, my leg. Like there are these components that I need to focus on and correct and adjust and develop my awareness of in order to experience the complete freedom of any asana. You know, this is True. what yoga is. Yeah. The voice is the same. So I need to be aware of certain things, as I said, like posture, I need to be aware of my breathing system and, and if there's anything obstructing my breath, so much of the journey is about tension and releasing tension. It's really similar to yoga in that sense. It's mm -hmm. like, where do I have tension in my body and what's going on? Like, is that a story? Is that a physical situation? Am I just sitting crappy all day and wrecking my system? <laughs> you know, so there is this. And then there's this whole other element of, of, of resonance and, and activating resonance. So these are all like mechanical components. When we understand, when we first develop the awareness of them, because this is important. Most of us don't have awareness of some of these things. When we develop the awareness of the pieces and learn how to kind of, just like in an asana, focus on them kind of at the same time, then we start to feel this openness. And I always feel it like a Shiva and Shakti kind of Kundalini energy. It feels mm -hmm. like the energy flows and, and I really feel that you know, so we can feel an openness. So then the mechanics of the voice are working. Now we can look at, well, what is the emotional psychological content? You know, how do I want to express myself? With what energy do I want to express myself? How, what impact do I want to have upon this space? Like as a yoga teacher, for example, how do I want to how do I want to create an atmosphere for my students to journey in? And how do I connect my heart to that idea? And how do I use my voice and the energy of my voice like a painter to paint a space or a musician without singing, just to create an atmosphere? How do I want to connect to people? Yeah, what words do I want to say? With what volume do I want to say them? With what cadence, with what melody? 
you know, all of these things, then we can look at that um, and, and bring that into it. Mm-hmm. So these two things are really, for me, the matter perspective of what a voice is. And I think we need to learn about all of them and really have an embodied experience of all of them um, to be able to use our voice in a, in a free and an empowered way. And to, to say what I like to say to access or to unlock our complete voice. And when we do that, you know, the result of that is, holy crap, I'm really aware of my body. You know, holy crap, I'm really connected to my feelings. Wow, I can share my feelings and I'm not shutting myself down. You know, mm-hmm. well, I'm proud of the way I think and I'm willing to express myself in that situation, even if I feel nervous because I know how to help, have my back and support myself. Yes. That's incredible. That's beautiful. Oh my gosh, everybody. I am the world's biggest snacker. I'm so hungry throughout the day. I think it's just part of who I am, but I've learned to really go to some high protein items to keep me satiated throughout the day. And my favorite thing is Aloha. And Aloha are plant-based protein drinks and bars. I love to drink them right away in the morning if I don't have time to make a full smoothie. Um, sometimes I'll put them in my coffee, a little cold brew, a little vanilla plant-based protein drink in there. So delicious. So if you're new to Aloha, these are jam-packed with protein. They have 20 grams of protein in the drinks and only five grams of sugar. They're organic. They don't have any of that extra junk. And they have a number of really good things like electrolytes, prebiotics, some MCT oil, they're really jam-packed that I don't have to go to like adding a whole bunch of different things into, again, a smoothie or even my coffee. It's all in just this drink. So my favorite is the vanilla plant-based protein drinks. It has really creamy coconut milk in it. So delicious. And then I love the sea salt caramel bars for like an afternoon snack, a little pick-me-up. And I don't feel bad about it because it's going to keep me full until a really, you know, plant-based meal at the end of the day. So if you want to check out Aloha, you can use the code YOGAMAGIC for 15% off your order at aloha.com. Again, the code YOGAMAGIC gets you 15% off. I love that you're tying this to yoga because I'm, I'm just thinking about some cueing in language. And the first time that I realized when you take a really full breath, right? Like you use your entire breath. It's it can be kind of hard. I think for me, it's like, it's, it's a lot of thought going into like taking a big breath. Now I'm more used to that, right. Ever having done a lot of this work, but we've been taught for so long to kind of like suck in the belly and like, you know, constrict your body, be small. Mm. And this idea of like, when you take a really big breath, you're taking up more space Mm -hmm. and just like that well-deserved space on your Mm -hmm. mat in mm-hmm. life. And I, mm-hmm. I think it's so beautiful that you're weaving these together, right? There's the mechanics and then there's the energetics to it as well. And yeah. just being, being yourself. Um, yeah. yeah. And, but at the same time, like we are so conditioned to not think about this, right? Like we just are kind of, I don't know, what's the word, like someone mentioned the word today, conflict, speech, like just the things that we say, I think I can do this. I, rather than I can do this, there's just so many details to all of what you're saying. And mm-hmm. I love that you, you weave it all together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no wonder it's you incredib- coach people. Yeah. It's incredibly powerful. And that's what I love. Like to see the results in my clients, yeah. it's yeah. mind blowing to me. And they come to me for different issues. Like some of them, it's a singing thing. Some of them it's like vocal fry. I work with people because they're like, public figures you know I have some Instagram people that I work with um, and they have crazy fry or you know um, I have people that just feel like they're totally not connected to themselves in terms of their voice and they feel like the voice they hear has nothing to do with how they experience themselves or you know professional business people in certain situations like meetings where they literally feel unheard and are unable to express themselves um, and are basically overlooked by the guy sitting next to them. So there's all these things. And yeah, we need to have a look at the root, you know, and the root Mm -hmm. is a body experience and it's this emotional psychological thing. And they are together. They are not separate. You know, we cannot treat them separately. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Why vocal fry? What is that? Was that just a trend that people started to do that? 
I have no idea why. I don't know either. (laughs) I don't think uh, like I, I can't answer that. All I can say is, you know, it is unnecessary to hear a voice make the following sound. Uh, (laughs) And some people, when they talk, they roll back and it's like, they do this all of the, and this is horrible, horrible. It's really damaging. And, and what this is, this is happening from a number of reasons, but let's just say posture, incorrect breathing and a shitload of tension. Sorry. Shitload of, sorry, sorry Ben. <laughs> I'm Australian. I can't help it. <laughs> Try not to say it. It's okay. Time. You can say it. And a lot of tension um, in the throat, you know, so it's really about exactly what you said opening up taking time making space and I also like what you said about yeah we are conditioned to suck the belly in to you know look in a certain way Mm -hmm. but actually in order to breathe correctly and and to breathe in a way that supports our breath and I would say supports ourselves we need to relax that belly and let it out (laughs) let it flow out when we breathe in and really fill up the pelvic floor like Mm -hmm. breathe in and feel that energy and be supported and speak from that space and I think to your other point you know why well hey we come into the world and and as babies you know we scream and we let it out we're not like oh maybe I shouldn't scream so loud because I might upset somebody or (laughs) yeah maybe I won't be liked if I sound like that but that's then what happens you know it's nobody's fault like everybody is trying their best from their own conditioned experience of life and reacting out of that space from perhaps a level of awareness or not at all. And and I don't think that's anybody's fault per se. It's kind of just expansion or, or the way it works. But what's happening is that, you know, we come into this world and, and we have a voice and we are connected with breathing and we are connected with our voice and we are connected with our expression. And that's the journey as a little baby to just let the emotions out. But over time, we realize that in order to fit in, we need to become appropriate And the message that we get either from our caregivers and or the culture around us often tells us that how we are is inappropriate Um, and that actually to be appropriate, to fit in, to get our needs met, to have the love and connection that we long for as humans that are essential to our our existence, to our well-being, then we kind of need to modify how we are and we need to modify our voice. And actually, it's not going to work if we talk like that in that way, or if we speak loudly, don't don't talk so loud, little one, you know, a quiet shh, shh, shh. And then, of course, what happens when we receive these messages over time at an unconscious level, then we develop certain beliefs and we learn in order to get my needs met, I need to actually act in this way. And then, of course, we become removed from who we are in our authentic self. Of course we do. And I think so much of the journey of, I would say, waking up, becoming aware, the journey of yoga, you know, is about coming back to the self. You know, it's recognizing where am I holding back? Where am I reacting out of a pattern that doesn't serve me anymore? How have I, how have I lost connection with my voice, with myself? How can I come back? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I want to shift gears a little to talking about mantras and how you use them because I, I actually do get a lot of questions just from when I when I lead teacher trainings or, or classes mm. that you know people are so resistant I think they're afraid of are we gonna are we gonna sing are we gonna be singing in class <sighs> and I'm like I'd love to let's do it and so yes. there's so much power and beauty in that and after a while it's amazing mm. I think yeah. it's that fear can you talk a little about how you use mantras and then maybe about why people are resistant to them mm-hmm. yeah I mean I'm as I said I've been working with mantras for myself for I guess 20 or so years and um, for me I see them as like well I call them medicine so like my latest album is called mantra medicine um, because I see them as like these little tools little friends that we can take with us anywhere we like that can help us, you know, because a mantra, it has a certain meaning, it has a certain frequency. And when we align with that through repeating it, either in our heads or through chanting, we don't have to sing it, we can, then basically we're strengthening that vibration, that frequency, that idea inside of ourselves. It's a tool for meditation, but more so it's a tool for transformation. Um, And that's incredible to me. 
And I, and I love them for this. And there, there are all these kind of mantras for everything we can think about from healing to developing more courage to, you know, if you're afraid to repelling negativity, to connecting to the inner teacher, to celebrating joy and abundance, you know, to all of these things. Um, and so for me, you know, when we align with that, then we, as I said, we strengthen our connection to that. And what kind of happens is that they then play us. And that's a very beautiful thing. You know, it's like the mantra plays me. I become it. It is, it, it moves, it lives through me. And I transform myself. I experience another state of being, another state of myself through it. And so this is how I like to use mantra. And, you know, I sing, if I don't sing mantra in the morning, I am not generally a nice person. <laughs> Maybe not that extreme, but I'm a bit pissed. You know? Yeah. <laughs> It's like I just—it's your morning routine. It's good. It's part I love of my it. morning routine. <laughs> I need to sing mantra normally for at least fifteen minutes. Generally, thirty minutes. Depends on what's going on. Let's face it, life is chaotic, and there's always things that are happening. But what I what I notice for myself is that when I take that time in the morning um, to sing and chant, I just feel so much so joyful throughout mm -hmm. the day. I feel really connected to love. I feel connected to myself. I feel connected to life. And often what happens is, as I said, the mantra then plays me and it will be like running through my head through the rest of the day. Or if I like become exposed to a new mantra, like the other week, one of my clients, she decided to, she wanted to work on the Mula mantra. I don't know if you know the Mula mantra. Mm -hmm. oh, it's so nice. Anyhow, kept me awake for two nights. I couldn't sleep because the damn thing was just playing in my head over and over. Um, you know, so that's, that's what they do, I find. Um, and to take it to your second question, which is, you know, how can we, I guess, make this accessible to, to, our, to our yogis? I agree with you. I think it's about removing the fear. People, let me say it like this. Singing is terrifying for many people. It is one of the most vulnerable things we can do. You can stand naked in front of someone. And I think most people would feel more comfortable with this than singing. Mm. Honestly, mm -hmm. um, because it's so vulnerable. You bear your soul. You open yourself. You bear your soul and you say, I'm open. Please don't hurt me. <laughs> Please don't stab True. me in my beautiful True. heart. It's right open right now. You know, and... The beautiful thing about singing a mantra in, in a space like at the end of a yoga class um, is that we hold that space and we say everybody is welcome. You are safe. You know, you are you are connected. Nobody is right or wrong. And, and I hold this space for you to have this experience. So let's see if you can just have that experience. You know, sometimes it's enough that I find for myself, sometimes it's enough that I sing it and they kind of just put their hands on their heart and one on the belly and you know, hum along. And then after time, when you do that a few rounds, a few different classes, they get used to it. And I've had full classes start like chanting with me yes. um, when I never expected that. that. Yeah. And I, so I think from the teacher's perspective, it's about helping them feel safe, you know, and I think that's no different than what we're doing generally in our yoga classes, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. holding, holding the space for them, for their journey. Yeah. This is, I don't even, I didn't even think of this when I was prepping for this episode, but this is making me think of something from childhood. There was this in my like elementary school music room, there was this sign above the chalkboard. I went to a Catholic school. I grew up Catholic and it said singing is praying twice. And I think of that right now in that, like it, it is so powerful, right? It's really tapping into, it's a prayer and it is. So if someone wants to get started doing this, if say, you know, at their own home practice, um, can they go to like your, your albums and listen to some of these or like, what's the best way to start using mantra? Yeah. I mean, like from my perspective for what I have on offer, of course I have my mantras. Um, my albums are online. They can listen to them and get inspiration. I write things on my blog. They can read that. I also offer an online mantra course twice a year. Um, so that's where we kind of learn all about what mantras are and how can we experience them and we sing together. So this is also a really nice, um, I guess, place to start. But if they just want to follow maybe curiosity after listening to this episode, yeah. you know, I would say just 
get curious and, and listen, maybe if you like to my mantras or just any mantras, you know, um, go into Google, go online, mantra music, and just see what comes up and, and listen and, and see what mantra resonates with you. And maybe you'll find one that just kind of speaks to you and, and you like how it sounds. And then I would encourage you to, you know, learn it and, and pick a simple one. Like some mantras are one word, like Shima. That's all you got to learn. And the melody is basically the same for the whole thing. Um, and I think that's a nice way to begin to keep a simple, to keep it simple. And then, you know, just sing along with it and take it in your car, put it on your phone, listen to it when you go running. Like I am a big fan of taking this stuff on the road and bringing it into life. I'm not the person that says you need to sit uh, in a corner at a certain situation in a certain amount of clothing on the right day on this time to do this. And therefore you are holy and will have an experience. Now, I believe in taking all of this into your life. Um, and that's the amazing thing. And why I said that they're like these little friends that we can take anywhere. So find one that resonates with you and put it on your phone or, or take it with you and then sing along. Mm -hmm. And if it feels too weird, if you're like, nope, 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 then just write the mantra down and repeat it. Shima, Shima. Shima, you know, I come from a background in Sufism and in Sufism, we talk about zikr, which is the same as mantra, it's just a different word for the same thing. But zikr is, we turn around the heart. Mantra is a form of bhakti. It is a form of devotion. Mm. It is bowing in love, through love, to love. How can there be any judgment in this space? There is none. There is only love and you offer yourself and you offer, as you said, the prayer, the mantra on your heart to the beloved, you know, to life, to whatever it is that you want to give it to that is greater than yourself, that you are a part of and connected to. It's such a beautiful thing. It's such a loving thing. So you can connect into this heart feeling, you know, maybe even put a hand across your heart to help you feel that chest, that heart center, and just say the mantra if, if singing is uncomfortable for you. And just repeat it like this and start with one minute. Start with 30 seconds, start there and see what happens and try that for a week and see what happens. You know, I think I say this all the time to my clients, you know, less is more and consistency is key. When we are starting out with this, is there, I guess I don't know if rules is the right word, but <laughs> in honoring where these come from sure, and in honoring what, you know, what has been passed on. Are there specific melodies that we sort of keep the same or like, how does that work? <laughs> it's a really great question. And I think it's an important question because yeah, I agree with you. It is important to honor the tradition and to mm -hmm. have an understanding. And I think at least a respect for where does this come from? So, you know, like pronunciation, how should I say it? How, what is the best way to say the word? Yes. If one wants to, I think, sing the traditional mantra in terms of the raga, which is the Indian music system, one can learn how to sing this. And there are online courses for this too, or you can, again, go onto YouTube. I guess I'm, I'm I don't want to say I'm a rebel, but I come from a more liberal approach I think it's very important to respect where we're coming from and to understand where we're coming from. Mm -hmm. So before I sing a mantra, when I get curious about one, I do a little research and I try to learn, you know, what does this mean? Like, where does it come from? Why are people chanting it? Um, and, you know, this information has come from thousands of years. So just like anything that's quite old, it's been diluted and, and you know, changed mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, through, over the time. So I think it's important to do a little research and then have your own experience and have that in the sincerity of your heart, in the sincerity of being a bhakti. Um, because I think, I don't believe, and this is a very, my personal opinion, I don't believe anybody has the right to tell you how you should have a relationship with the divine. I sure. believe it is yours and yours alone. Mm -hmm. And that when you come to that, um, and you want to chant for that relationship with that sincerity, with the sincerity of love, then I do, I do not believe that you do anything wrong if you come from that space, you know. However, do that with respect of the tradition. Mm -hmm. And this is the best thing I can say for that. Mm -hmm. No, it's it's such a good 
answer. And I, and I often think of this, right. As a, as a yoga teacher, um, mm-hmm. as a, as a white woman, it's just like, how do I, how do I do the research? How do I honor mm-hmm. all of this in the right way? But that's, that's why we ask the questions and it's important work. And I'm so glad that I'm so glad that you're doing this. This is so unique and I don't know, I'm glad that we got connected. Can you share a little <laughs> more about your music? I was, I was playing it for my kids on oh. Spotify and they were like, mom, what is that? They were so into it. Kids are that's so, so sweet. like that, right? Like they just, I don't know. They can feel the vibration. <laughs> kids love, kids love my music. Cats as well. Because I've been doing all, no, like seriously, I believe cats you. love my music. <laughs> I see it, you know, when I'm offering online events, of course, everything in the last, I'm in Germany. So what are we? We're we're in June at the moment. You know, it's been like seven months of a lockdown and kind of 15 months of pretty much online work. And I've had the opportunity to see a lot of people's cats (laughs) during like singing sessions. And they just come and sit in front of the computer. Why is it that the, all the cats come? So cats sweet. are enlightened. They're totally way they're more so evolved. Yeah, they're so, and they love, generally they really like it. So thank you for asking. Um, yeah, basically, you know, I come from this background as a singer-songwriter and, um, you know, um, I was making kind of acoustic folk for a while and then I was making ambient pop for a while. So I bring these influences into my mantra music. Like I said, I'm really interested in, bringing mantra to the people and making it accessible so this means for me you know using more pop melodies I'm not singing traditional raga um in this sense I, I'm, I'm finding my own melodies that are much more pop influenced um folk singer songwriter influenced and I either offer them acoustically um online because there are some people who love what I do acoustically so it's just the guitar and the voice and this is generally if you would come to a live stream event or when we can come to a live event. <laughs> That's kind of how I'm playing. Um, but I also love coming from this atmospheric indie ambient space. I also love to really create soundscapes. And, you know, like I was in Bali and I recorded the nighttime sounds of Bali and I've put that in the backgrounds of a number of my mantras. So mm. you hear the crickets and, and like and then you know you have this kind of organ coming in and then reverb and and I like to create atmospheres I'm fascinated again now from a music perspective of of with sound and and of how does sound have an effect on the person's experience and how can that be healing and transformative and I think one can do so much these days with online options you know with working with a computer and a keyboard and the voice and so yeah that's the other half of how I offer mantra in this real ambient soundscape uh space and that's a lot of fun oh I want to put some in my class I'm going to do (laughs) do yeah 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 last question what do you do to take care of yourself what are your practices yeah it changes and I guess that's probably common with a lot of people as we get older um I have a morning practice a morning routine I would say I generally at least during the week get up at the same time so six I like to get up early um and then my morning is you know some mixture of sport and or yoga um meditating for a little and music so I spend like an hour and a half two hours in the morning composing singing creating music and that kind of fuels me for the day and In the last one and a half years, I have been learning about taking time. Um, And this is not something that I do easily. So (laughs) one of my biggest self-care things is taking time in my day to be still, to sit outside in the sunshine, to go for a walk, to read a book, to not think that I have to work. I have to, you know, I think it's Mm -hmm. especially for self-employed people or, or business, you know, we have our own businesses there's so many things I'm trying to bring forward. There's so many things I'm passionate about. I love everything I do, but actually what I need more is just downtime. And in that downtime, not trying to do anything, but just being, you know, sitting outside and looking at the trees, listening to the birds, um, appreciating music. So this is kind of my biggest, one of my biggest self-care things at the moment. And I guess, The other one is really, 
embracing beauty. Mm. Yeah, I think when I came to Germany for a while, I became quite masculine in myself. Mm. Um, and I think my femininity got a bit squashed. Um, and so I'm, I'm recovering her and taking time, you know, to learn about makeup techniques and <laughs> styling and, you know, buying beautiful clothes and obviously being mindful of what I do and mindful of what I buy. That's also important for me. But giving her these gifts of love and, and, and appreciation and nourishment. Yeah. So this is next to my morning routine. This is kind of the practice. It's very Lakshmi. Uh, my mantra for this year is um, Om Shri Maha Lakshmi Svaha. It's the mantra, the, the Lakshmi mantra. What is that? Will you share what that means? Yeah, it basically, it means um, Lakshmi, I bow to you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> So, um, and Lakshmi is, is one of the, the three goddesses of the Hindu feminine trinity. And her energy is very much about abundance and accepting abundance, but on every level. So it's not just, yes, it's financial, but it's also like health. It's also spiritual. It's also for friendship. It's on every level. And so her energy for me feels like this beautiful, loving, nurturing kind of mothering but also very sensual goddess mm. energy and so when I chant this and when I sing it I just imagine being in a waterfall of her you know yes. oh my gosh this is oh I'm love I'm like feeling it too as you're just describing <laughs> this like I love and, oh I just have I have I released um this mantra just re it's my latest release oh online. yes so okay. you can, it's an acoustic version but you can listen to it Ooh. And, oh, that's one thing that I forgot to say about my mantra music. Actually, I write a lot of English lyrics in oh, it okay. because I try to explain what the energy of the mantra means mm. through the lyric and my experience with it through the lyrics. So if you listen to this, uh, the latest one for Lakshmi, you'll hear it's a whole lyrical journey that you're going to go on. Oh, definitely <laughs> check it out. We'll put that in the show notes. Thank this you. This was so enlightening. I'm so glad that we connected and I learned a lot today. Will you just share with listeners where they can find you, where they can find your music, your courses, all the things that you do? Thank you so much, Ashley. It was really my pleasure. I love the questions and, and the space that you held. So thank you. Um, yeah, anybody who's listening, basically, kirbanu.com is my website. So K-I-R-B-A-N-U.com. Um, and there you'll find like the information about me, uh, the booking link to my one-to-one -one coaching, links to my courses, like my voice course for yoga teachers, my self-expression course, and my mantra course, which is going to be coming up again in October, at the end of October, if you want to get into the mantra space. Um, you'll also find links there to my WhatsApp newsletter, um, my broadcasts that I, that I give there. And my music, you can find anywhere where there's streaming. So again, just type my name, Kirbanu, K-I-R-B-A-N-U, uh, into Spotify, iTunes, Apple, Amazon, YouTube, or wherever you consume your music, and you'll find me there. If you want to support me as an artist, uh, go on to Bandcamp, and that's where you can buy uh, my albums. Mm, cool. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to be listening to it tonight. Thank you so much. <laughs> You're so welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here, everyone. Thanks to our guest, Kirbanu, and to our show sponsor, Aloha. If you like what you hear, consider sharing this episode with a friend. Make sure to tag us on Instagram at Yoga Magic Podcast, and I will see you next Thursday. Thanks, everyone.